Whiskey Sick Podcast. We eating ass, then kicking it. Kicking ass, then eating it. Episode number 130 something. 130 something. All up in your motherfucking ass. Hit him with that theme music. So I gotta walk, got the chalk, got the draw Outlines for these ladies, I'm about to slay Got my cake bomb with some napalm Shots of days gone, then the game's on What you play, huh? Hard to get, I'll be wet for all that dry hate Looking my way, while your eyes say You and I may get off like a right lane But I might strain, pull up lane with a migraine I'm a wrench to that ratchet bitch, a bench for the acid offense with a ladder get up on it. I said a wrench to that ratchet bitch, a bench for the acid offense with a ladder get up on it. Hello, miss, like, what's your name? Such a shame, you don't drink, who's to blame? Cause I'm fine like I'm Cosby in the lobby of an AA meeting on a payday. We can make it rain even on a sunny day. What you say, you and I could run away. Meet up when you drop that Molly. Off. Love that chick of Molotov while she's on the side Hating faded lane on the pavement Wasting all of my patience Come on, you gotta go Go ahead, put your best self You gotta get up back, but I ask now Come on and get up All the bench with my hands out You gotta get up Just that gotta make down Motherfucker, get up Go ahead, put your best self You gotta get up All the bench, but I ask now Come on and get up All the bench with my hands out You gotta get up Just that gotta make down Why don't you get up? What the fuck is up, homies? Whiskey Sick Podcast, your boy Seth Gecko, I'm back. Just jumping right up in the fire, homies. It's like 9.30 in the morning, got a little window of opportunity. Jump right through that motherfucking bitch to get up on the cast and holler at you fools. Um, Fuck's been going on, it feels like it's been a little while, but it's only been about a week and a half. Um, We had the Suns last night. Completing the golden pick. The golden pick made almost a year ago. After the bubble tournament, your boy Moody Hank famously, world famously picked the Suns to be in the finals the following year, which is this fucking year. A year ago. You talking, I see all these motherfuckers hitting me up about the pewter picks, the plexiglass picks, uh, the paper mache picks. They be telling me, these motherfuckers is golden. Gold. Say so, yeah, but but gold doesn't back up the U.S. dollars anymore. So who gives a fuck, ass motherfuckers? You late, quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog, ass motherfuckers typing away at me. Where the fuck you at now? Where you at now? I told you. Now you might be saying, well. Yeah, okay. You pick you pick the Suns to be in the finals, but you also pick the Suns to be in the conference finals against the Pelicans. I, I hear you. I hear you. You can't be right 100% of the time. But to make a bold prediction before the Suns even got Chris Paul. When I made that call, they didn't even have Chris Paul. Oh, we coming for you, Patrick, Bev- Patrick Beverly. That sucker fuckboy shit. The, the nuclear fuckboy shit, Patrick Beverly. Did y'all see this shit last night? If you didn't watch the game, go Google this shit. You've probably seen it if you even watch uh, ESPN or whatever the fuck you watch. Or probably even on, on Instagram or something like that. Patrick Beverly. Before this game, I was 
I was kind of digging this dude, Patrick Beverly. He kind of reminds me of, he's like the NBA's uh, Richard Sherman. Just a grimy-ass vato. The dude that you want on your team. But you don't ever want to play this dude. Non-stop gum bumping. This dude's a, a first ballot Hall of Fame gum bumper. Bumping gums willy-nilly all over the motherfucking court. And he's got some game. I, th- I think I remember he came out of, uh, I think he was like Oregon. I think he came out of Oregon. I remember him in, in, in college. I didn't think he was going to be much of a pro. But he's a pretty solid dude. He locks down on defense like Sherm. And, and, he, and he gum bumps up the wazoo, though, the whole time. And I'm sure Chris, Ball, uh, Chris Paul does, too. I've had a love-hate relationship with Chris Paul. Drafted by my New Orleans uh, Hornets. He never played for the Pelicans. He was long gone before we became the Pelicans. Had some good years. He had some great years with us. But he dipped. Remember, he tried to go to, uh, uh, we tried to trade him to the Lakers. Remember, and, and the NBA blocked the fucking trade. They said no. Because if the Lakers had got, remember, uh, they still had Kobe. Kobe, I don't remember if Shaq was there. Shaq was probably already gone by then. Maybe, ugh, it's hard to tell. But either way, let's do the Paul Gasol Lakers and Kobe and Chris Paul. They eating ass still. Kobe, Kobe never gets on that motherfucking helicopter. He's still winning chips. And that's why the NBA, uh, I think it was David Stern at the time, said, fuck all that. Really shithead move, but whatever. So he went to the Clippers. That's how he ended up with the fucking Clippers. The knockoff, the knockoff LA team. But he had some good runs there with Blake Griffin. They had some good teams, but they just couldn't never break through. They never even got to a conference finals. And now he's kind of been bouncing around. I said, as soon as the Oklahoma City Thunder let this dude go on some stupid shit, they're obviously not trying to win. He single-handedly took him to the playoffs last year with a soft-ass squad. They got a couple. They got that Alexander Walker dude. Uh, they got a couple players over there. But they 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 weren't a fucking play. You saw this year. They didn't make the fucking playoffs. They're one of the two teams like like my Pelicans. I thought the move to make for the Pelicans was to get Chris Paul. Why not bring him back to New Orleans? I mean, he went to play for fucking the Suns. But the Pelicans fucked up when they let Monty Williams, who's the son uh, the Suns coach now. Let Monty Williams go. They fired him. They didn't let him go. They fired him. Dale Demps, the GM at the time, fired Monty Williams, which pissed off AD, which began the whole AD, uh, uh, the planting the seed that fucking want to dip in the first place. If Monty Williams had stayed there, he probably wouldn't have left. And that was coming off of a, a, a playoff appearance. Now we got our asses uh, uh, eight. Uber Eats delivered, ass eating on a fucking platter. Against that was the first year that the that the Dubs at the Warriors won a chip uh, won a chip they swept us in the opening round and then we fired Monty Williams he kind of bounced around for a little while now he ends up at the head coach for the Suns they get Devin Booker I think they already had Booker by the time he came I think he's only been there two or three seasons he's a dope ass coach so everything you know he goes over there Chris Paul goes over there doesn't go to New Orleans I called it. They looking, they're going to win the chip. I'll put it on wax right now. I'll put it on wax right now. They win in the motherfucking chip. The Suns. Since 1993. The last time these fools were in the finals, the D-Boys were winning Super Bowls. That's how long that shit's been. God damn, like eight presidents or some shit ago. Still over here. Can't get shit. Suns fans. Fucking Suns fans. 
get to see their their team in a, in a motherfucking Super Bowl before I get to see the motherfucking Cowboys in one. I got nothing, homie. I got nothing. I when it comes to the sports shit, I got nothing. I don't want to hear about your shit. I don't want to hear of nothing. Angels suck. Shohei Tani's out here fucking, woo, woo, eating ass without a license, huh? This dude's out here fucking. He got lit up last night by the by the uh, Yankees. But other than that, he's been lights out on the mound. Homies leading the league in homers, 27, 28 homers. Babe Ruth shit, nuclear Babe Ruth shit. This dude's way better than fucking Babe Ruth. I never seen Babe Ruth play. But I heard some shit. And I'm seeing some shit right now. Shohei Otani's literally all I got. Trout's been out for over a month. He should be coming back soon, hopefully after the All-Star break. But we hanging around 500, but we ain't shit. You know my D-Boys. It's been well documented. I don't got to tell you shit about my D-Boys. And my Ducks, my my Anaheim Ducks, they're trash. They've been trash for like the last four seasons. Every year, those motherfuckers were in the playoffs making deep conference finals uh, uh, pushes. And then all of a sudden, the last four or five years, they just they can't even fucking win like... 20 games so uh all my teams currently right now suck we'll see my cowboys are really my only hope if anything uh anytime you got to pin your hopes on, on the fucking d boys you really don't got any motherfucking hopes um so there was that i think on the other side it's looking like the hawks are gonna take that shit uh giannis goes out listen i don't know how this motherfucker looked like one of those fucking uh uh, uh fucking those weird robots where their knees bend out backwards. That's what that's what Giannis looked like. <laughs> Fucking when he came down on that knee, I thought that shit was gone. He's done skis. But apparently, uh, he's you know he didn't tear anything. But he's not playing in the next game. I don't think uh, Trey Young is either. So I mean that 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 series gets a little kind of weak without those two playing, especially without Trey Trey Young. But the, w- without Giannis, the Hawks clearly have a better team. Even even without. Because they could bring in Skip to my Lou, uh, Lou Williams in there like they did to start in place of of, of Trey Young, and they they really don't skip a whole much, uh, you know, they don't skip much of a beat. Uh, uh, Lou Williams can ball, you know, and he, he had a pretty solid game the other night. So, uh, you know, I think uh, Trey Young probably misses one more game, and then he probably comes back if it goes, you know, seven. I think what are they two 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 right now? Yeah, so you know maybe. Maybe he misses the next game and then comes back. Who knows about Giannis? I doubt he's he's definitely not playing in the next game, but maybe not for the rest of the series. But but we'll see. But I think the Hawks get that shit, uh, especially without Giannis. If they get Giannis in there, listen, I don't know what this dude does hanging out at the three-point line and shit. This motherfucker can yak on you every single time he gets the goddamn ball. There's nobody that can cover him. Uh, he can take you off the dribble. He can just back you down all the way up underneath the hoop and just stand there and dunk on you. Every fucking time down. Yet, yet this guy's out here trying to hit threes like he's Steph and shit. I, I, I don't fucking get it. Um, but uh, give me the Hawks. Suns and Hawks. Who would have ever thought that shit? That's like an NBA Jam Finals. That's some shit you would play a uh, double dribble back in the day on Nintendo. That would be a fucking weird finals you would get. We get this shit in real life. The Suns and the Hawks in the finals. Or even the Bucks. The fucking Bucks. The Bucks have been Garbino, Garbage, Basura my entire life. This is the first time they've actually been like something. Remember they had Ray Allen one time. Remember they had him for a little while. They were all right. It's, it's fucking wild, man. You go from thinking about if the Hawks make it, 
they basically did what the Heat did last year as a five seed. Just a, a fucking run out of nowhere. So, fuck, man. But that'll be that's the entertaining thing. You got you got Booker against Trey Young. That's that's the shit. That's some shit right there. I'll fucking watch that shit. So the NBA Finals are going off without a hitch. Uh, uh, playoffs. I mean, it, it's fucking dope. Um, looks like the NHL uh, Stanley Cup Finals. They're over 2-0 already uh, for uh, Tampa Bay. They're gonna go back to back. It's hard to do that shit in the Stanley Cup. Go back to back. They beat the the Canadians. The uh, Canadians finally get a team into the uh, to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, and they're about to get their ass swept. They can't score. They can't score goals, man. Got one goal in two in two games. Uh, so I've been keeping my eye on that a little bit. Haven't caught up with the with the NHL. I didn't follow it all the way up until now, but usually I like to. But there's too much shit going on, homies. Way too much shit going on. Uh, what else do we got? I'm gonna get into some fight talk. I'll probably do that. Uh, yeah, fuck it. We'll do it. Um, we'll do the uh, McGregor versus Poirier three card, just in case I can't get on next week. But you know, I'm gonna try to. We coming down to the wire, homies. We got less. We got about two weeks left. We got about 19 days, two and a half weeks left uh, until the the future female quad, uh, triple champ arrives. So shit, shit's uh, shit's getting crazy, homie. So I'm getting on where I can, getting in where I fucking fit in. Uh, with a shooter like this, that's pretty much anywhere. <laughs> with a shooter, with the shit that I be packing, I pretty much fit in uh, fucking anywhere. You know what I'm saying, homies? You know what I'm saying, homies? Fuck it. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, Joe Schilling. Yeah, let me talk about this shit. Well, let me save that for... Uh, yeah, let's get into that shit. Let's get in there. Let's just get into the fight talk. You haven't seen Joe Schilling. Um, stitch him up, Joe Schilling. Glory uh, kickboxing world champion. I follow him on Instagram. And the other night, he posted this fucking video of him in, I uh, found out it's an Outback Steakhouse. But like at the bar section, I didn't even, oh yeah, I guess they do have bars. I was like, I don't think they have bars, but they do. Um, check them out. Joe Stitch em Up Schilling. Uh, back in the day, Glory used to have, they might even still, um, they had like single night tournaments. So you had to fight two or three times. I can't remember. You had to fight two or three times. It might have been just like a four man tournament, but you fought, uh, you fought twice in one night. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. That's where he fought Marcus. Uh, fuck, what's this guy's name? Let me look it up. Joe Schilling versus one of the greatest kickboxing fights you'll ever see. Uh, Simon Marcus. Simon Marcus. Go look at that shit. Go Google that shit. This is your homework. Uh, your little, um, yeah, your little homework assignment for the Whiskey Sick podcast. Go watch Simon Marcus versus Joe Schilling. Go watch that shit. Uh, Joe Schilling knocks this motherfucker out into the ropes in like an overtime round. So they fought three rounds to a draw in the first round of this little tournament. And then they go to war in the last round and Joe stitch him up, hits him with like a, I think it was like a check hook on his way out. And Marcus, uh, Simon Marcus just runs right into it and just goes face first into the, into the apron. So that sent Joe Schilling to the finals against Artem Levin. Artem Levin trains out here in uh, in Dago, I think in like La Jolla and like the nice area and shit. Artem Levin, bad motherfucker. I don't know if he's still fighting, but he was a bad motherfucker. He was a champ for a while. Heavily favorite to win this fight against Joe Schilling. Even against Simon Marcus had he made it. Uh, Artem Levin at the time, that was his time. That was him as, as, as a, I don't even know what weight class they were. Um, but Joe Schilling goes in there uh, already having fought a four-round war. You know, I don't even know how long it's between the fights. 
not more than an hour, it can't be. Uh, so, you know, just, just got into a war, comes into this, to the second fight, all busted up, beating, Artem Levin looks fresh as fuck, Joe Schilling lays him out in the first round, like, drops him, drops him, Levin gets up, comes back, fight, you know, off, uh, you know, you know, out on his feet, you know, kind of, you know, hanging on for dear life, Schilling can't put him away. They end up going three rounds. Ends up being classic. Joe Schilling wins it. I think it was last man standing tournament. Glory last man standing. I'm, I'm Now that I'm thinking about it. Go look at that shit. It was like a fucking incredible night of kickboxing. I remember I watched that shit live. I watched that shit live on uh, streaming it somehow. At the middle of the night or some shit. It was weird. I, I, I remember that fight. It was like one of the greatest... Uh, combat sports moments I've seen in a long time. That shit was dope. But anyways, Joe Schilling, that's the dude I'm talking about. I follow him. He's a he he he's a big Diaz brother. Uh, like he trains with the Diaz brothers and shit like that. So you've seen him. He uh, fought fought in Bellator. He still I think fights for Bellator MMA. Never made really a great MMA fighter because his ground game is terrible. But he he fought Melvin Manhoff uh, in in Bellator with little ass gloves. Was getting his ass ate up in that first round with nasty ass leg kicks and then knocked Melvin the fuck out out of nowhere just like he did Simon Marcus uh so he he's a he's a he's a fucking killer so he posts this shit on Instagram and I don't know if he's uh, had to erase it I know it got flagged for like bullying or some shit but apparently he writes he shows this video of him knocking some fucking goober the fuck out in the middle of a of an outback I thought it was a b-dubs or something uh, and then on the captions at the bottom, he's saying, uh, you know, basically what happened is this guy was, you know, faded. And they had rap music on playing. I, I was like, at, at fucking Outback, they got rap music playing? And this dude, or maybe they had their own music going. I, I don't know. But he was rapping like the N-word. He kept, you know, doing the raps and like emphasizing the N-words. And he had a uh, a black uh, busboy or waiter or something like that. And he kept rapping the N-words like in, 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 the, in the black dude's face. And then... Joe Schilling was talking about how the guy was like staring at him the whole time and like rapping at him from like across the room, like making extra, you know, uh, you know, trying to make eye contact with him. I don't know how a little dude, that's that little man syndrome. That's that little man fucking Napoleon shit. These little dudes try to pick on these big dudes and, and he's not huge, but he's way bigger than him. You can tell you take one look at Joe Schilling, you know, you don't want to fuck with this guy unless it's life or death. You avoid it at all costs. And this guy, I'm just taking Joe Schilling at his word. So I'm just reporting to you what he said. He said this guy's, you know, fucking mean mugging him, staring him, staring at him. So the, where the video starts is, is Joe Schilling's walking apparently from the bathroom. He's, he's walking behind this dude and this guy doesn't see him and they bump into each other. And Joe, like, not aggressively, but, you know, moves the guy out of his way and keeps walking. And the guy, you could hear the guy say, sorry. And Joe just nods his head and keeps walking. And then the guy says, hey. And Joe turns around, you know he's already, he's looking for an excuse to knock this dude out. This guy's giving it to him. Fucking Christmas. Turns around, homie flexes on him. Talks shit and like flinches, tries to make Joe Schilling flinch. And Joe hits him with the fucking two-piece. Actually, it was a one-piece. He hit him with the right hook. By the time the left came around, he was already on the ground. That's how quick he knocked him the fuck out. He missed with the second punch because the homie collapsed like a sack of motherfucking taters, homie. He hit him with a little short little right hook and came with the fucking one-two. He wasn't there for the, for the two. It was just a, 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 a fucking rock the bells hologram of him by that point. A little ghost apparition outline of the motherfucker still standing there. 
He's already collapsed stiff as a motherfucking board on the floor. And the homies that this dude with, they, they acted like they didn't even see shit. They acted like they were playing bingo looking for the number and shit on their card to circle and shit. They, they're like, they didn't see a fucking thing. There's no way two feet away from you, two feet away from you, you didn't see this motherfucker get knocked out. Major tangent that just hit me. I'm going to come back to this story because I just thought of something. This made me think of, this homies, homies made me think of, uh, of uh, Frank Kaminsky last night during that Pat Bev fucking uh, 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 episode. I forgot all about this. These motherfuckers, every member on that son's team, especially you, Frank Kaminsky, I saw you, you were standing right there. This motherfucker watched this motherfucker, Pat Bev, straight up shove Chris Paul in the back to the ground on some sucker shit. And he didn't do a fucking thing. This gay, this dude gave you the Willy Wonka gold ticket for a public ass whooping. To administer a public ass whooping on somebody. Free of charge. And this dude passed it up. Homie straight passed that shit up. Every member on that son's team passed that shit up. Listen, I'm, hey, bring him to the Thunderdome. I'll do what Frank Kaminsky should have done. Pat Bev, you get a motherfucking... Thunderdome, invite. You are formally invited to the motherfucking Thunderdome to catch these. To catch these. I'm comfortable with that, homie. I'm comfortable inviting him to the Thunderdome. Uh, Super comfortable. I'm sitting back in the Lazy Boy reclined feet up on the Ottoman. Seven and seven in the hand. Blunt in the other. I'm super comfortable. These motherfuckers just sat there and watched this dude punk their their best player in the fucking back like that. Suckers, man. All those all those Suns players. I mean, I love you guys for getting to the finals and proving me uh, uh, right. I like watching you play. And if if I ever uh, have to leave the Pelicans organization because they're gonna they're gonna relocate again, maybe I become a Suns fan. But we're gonna have to we're gonna have to fix this shit. You don't let this fucking dude duff your boy out. Sucker style. And you don't do a fucking thing. And you don't do a fucking thing. That reminds me of this shit. That shit reminds me of uh, of that movie. Um, Dead Presidents. And this, they, they, did, they took that little movie clip. And put it in a song right here. This reminds me of this shit. This is what I'm talking to you about. Uh, Frank Kaminsky. You know I'm down to bust these niggas. But tonight ain't the night to do this. You act like a little bitch right now. Frank Comiskey, you acting like a little bitch right now, homie, and I ain't letting that shit slide. Got a, got a, got a dead prez, your motherfucking ass, after that Beverly shit. This motherfucker comes over and smokes the best player on your fucking team, and you ain't gonna do shit? Now fuck that, I ain't letting that shit ride. Back to what I was talking about. Joe Schilling, uh... So he hits this dude with the heat rocks. He hits him. He hits him with the one homie ain't there. He's ghosted for the two uh, paranormal activity shit. He's gone skis. Stiff as a motherfucking board. Hey, maybe Kurt. Sh- uh, maybe Kurt Schilling. Maybe Joe Schilling was you know needed a a, a a new ironing board for the for the fucking crib or something. 
Because this dude was laid out stiff as one. He could just pack him up, pack him in, put him in the minivan, take, a, take his motherfucking ass home. He'd still be sitting there. Iron on his ass and shit. Uh, so, you know, people started talking shit. You know, there's a sensitive ass people. So somebody uh, 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 flagged his little video. And, and they, they, they took it off for, like, bullying or some shit. To me, it looked like he was getting bullied. Now, did he have to dead the dude? Hey, it looked like a reaction. It looked like he was so ready to scrap, but any move that this dude made, he was going to fire on. And that's what happened. The dude tried to punk him. And as soon as he did that, as soon as he did that, he got hit with the one and it was over. It was over, homie. Was, he, had, he had some Betty with some big old floppers that was chilling there with him that ran over to him and shit. And, and, and he, homie had the vapors and his other homies just sat there like fucking Frank, Frank Kaminsky's. A bunch of Frank Kaminsky-ass motherfucking friends. That's who they were rolling with. Homie's looking at fucking uh, B1. Where's B1 on my card? Uh, B1. Uh, D2. D2. I'm looking for D2. Uh, Battleship-ass motherfuckers. Turned into some, you sunk my battleship ass motherfuckers real quick. They didn't see shit. I didn't see shit. I ain't hear shit. I don't know what you're talking about. Homie got knocked out. Chris got knocked out? Chris, Chris? What you talking about Chris got knocked out? Yeah, homie, right there. He's knocked out on the ground right now. Chris, Chris is knocked on the ground right now now? These homies didn't see shit. So if you could probably see that video, you could probably find it somewhere. Um... Shit was fucking funny. Imagine talking shit to somebody, getting greasy, fucked up, and apparently, like, uh, Joe started uh, sending, like, screenshots of conversations from people who knew this guy that hit him up, I guess, and were saying that he, like, beats women and shit like this, or his ex-girlfriend or stuff. I don't know. That could be all bullshit. Just people trying to act like they they know somebody, get a little clout. So, you know, uh, regardless, it just sounds like this dude was a, a habitual line stepper, you know, line crosser, habitual line crosser, this motherfucker. And it fucking caught up to him. Mouth always running, writing them checks, writing them checks. Eventually, eventually they come looking for payment on those motherfucking checks. Imagine talking shit to somebody. Running your motherfucking mouth. And he turns out to be a glory kickboxing world champion. That's who, of all the people in the world, that's the fucking guy you chose to pick a motherfucking fight with. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, What else do we got? Uh, let's just get, you know what, we'll get into the, uh, oh yeah, some, uh, Dago High School was making Coronado High School, I was actually there, um, oh, we can talk about that, I saw some, uh, some live MM, uh, Muay Thai fights this last weekend, we went to Coronado High School of all places, uh, uh, just days after their crime, uh, I don't know if this made national news, but it was a big thing here, they won, like, the CIF basketball tournament stuff, uh, and they were playing a team from actually right down the road from me uh, called Orange Glen High School. And it's in the middle of a, a city called Escondido. And it's, uh, it's known for, it's kind of weird because I lived in Escondido for a long time. One half of the, uh, of, of, of the city is grimy. And of course, the grimy parts of the city, uh, you know, uh, black and brown people always live. Uh, and one half is all Mexicans. All Mexicans. That's the half I used to live on. Um, and the other half is like this white, nice ranch styles, you know, out in the hills, uh, you know, nice area. And it's literally almost cut down the middle. Like the east side uh, is all, you know, ghetto hard. Like it, there's some bad spots in Escondido. And then the whole west side is all nice and shit out in the hills, ranches and shit. So this school, Orange Glen, is out in that side, the, the ranches and all that shit. I used to play high, I used to play basketball over there. 
And every time I played them, they were white kids. So I, I, I don't know. But anyways, uh, they started throwing these tortillas after the game. These motherfucking kids won the game at Coronado and started throwing tortillas. And I guess that's actually some kind of tradition. I know I'd seen it somewhere before. Another college or somebody had, had thrown tortillas as part of, a, of their tradition. I don't know where it came from. But I just knew that I had seen it before, so I didn't think nothing of it. It started a brawl. If you're a team that's you know associated with being Mexican team, maybe there were Mexican kids on that team. I'm sure there were. Uh, yeah, you're going to get fucking pissed. These motherfuckers are throwing goddamn tortillas. They throwing Doritos Locos taco shells at us and shit. Nah, they ain't going down like that. These, these, these Pat Bev motherfuckers over here tossing these motherfucking tortillas at us. And them little little bags with the uh, 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 the little plastic bags filled with the little spicy carrots and onions and shit. They throwing that shit at us. They throwing bags of spicy carrots and onions at us ass motherfuckers. Nah, we ain't letting that shit slide. So they had to do something. So they got into a little, you know, fist of cuffs and all this. It was making, you know, news and these kids were getting, you know, shit on for being racist. I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe they just fucking were, uh, you know, taking a, a, some other school's tradition and taking it out of context and using it to fuck with these dudes. Hey, if I was, if I was Orange Glenn, I'd do the same thing because I, I'd be on my, my, my uh, Joe Schilling looking for a fucking fight after losing the championship game. And then you're going to give me, you're going to give me the Willy Wonka golden ticket to administer public ass whoopings. You're going to give me the goddamn reason that I can justify me doling out ass whoopings. I'm taking it every time. I'm taking it every time. Times is where you, 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 you act out and you, you, maybe you shouldn't have done that. And you, that's when you get in trouble. Shit, nah, not when they hand you the golden ticket. Nah, they hand, they hand you the Willy Wonka. It's over. So that was making headlines for a little while. Listen, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what went on with that shit. Uh, apparently, you know, they came out and said that, you know, it was a tradition somewhere else and they were just keeping another tradition and it had no racial undertones. Well, you say that to the Mexicans who saw you throwing fucking tortillas at them, dumb fucks. And think that shit through. If not, you just... Com- Either A, you knew what the fuck you're doing and you're some fuck boys and you got dealt with. Or two, you're just a complete dumb fucking moron and you got to get you got to get the dumb tax you got to get the you got to get the dummy tax and we take those taxes out with these motherfucking hands so either way ass whoopings were in order i don't know maybe somebody got a couple it was just like a mob of people jostling i don't know if somebody got some you know little cheap shots dirty boxing in in there in the middle of the fucking mosh pit i don't know uh but they just came out and they took the cif championship away from these coronado kids and then it's crazy because a couple days later, uh, I go to some uh, see some local amateur Muay Thai fights, and it's at Coronado High School, the scene of the crime, in the fucking gym. So I was there, homies. I was there on Coronado. Hadn't been Coronado in a long time, but there's that. What else do we got? Let's move in right along. Let's get into uh, a man wins Miss Nevada. I'm reading my notes here. I forgot about that shit. A dude, a dude won a transgender woman. One Miss America pageant. A Miss, a Miss Nevada pageant. Want to get in there? Yeah, fuck, man. Uh, listen, I don't know what to say to that. These are sensitive topics, right? I mean, you got these dudes, these chicks that were dudes, trans dudes, trans girls, competing in, in women's Olympics. The thing is, is that I'm sure it happens. I'm sure that uh, I think I read something. I can't remember that. It's very rare that a woman transitioning to a man is going to compete at a man's sport. Especially not in a 
in any kind of combat type of sport, right? Because, or, or, or real physical type of sport. There's just, there's difference physiolog physiologically in the human body when you're born one way. Whether you are mentally or not, that's fine with me. You can do whatever you want and I'm cool with that. All cool with that. Uh, but you got these dudes, you know, transitioning to women and then doing sports like, you know, weightlifting and shit. Shit ain't fair. They built like dudes. They're still, they still got the bone density and the muscle structure of a man, whether they are on the inside or not. They still got those physical traits. They still got nuts, homies. They still got nuts. They still got testosterone. And maybe some of them getting clipped. I, I don't know what's, what the deal is and shit like here. But what does it say to these young ladies? They got Miss Nevada. I mean, you think in Vegas. You're thinking there's got to be some bad Bettys. These Bettys are getting, they getting beat by a dude. Or a chick that was a dude. What does it say about the other Bettys in Miss Nevada contest? These Miss Nevadas. You got stuff. Nevada. What fuck's going on here? You guys having a bunch of fucking ugly ass casino babies or some shit that you you out here getting fucking dealt with by 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 a fucking a transgender woman in in the Miss Nevada? Now it could have been all virtue signaling. I saw the picture. Listen, I'm in a crowd. I'm picking out the dude. That's how it is. I'm like, hey, yo, she she what she used to be. I'm picking out the transgender woman in a crowd on that one. I'm like, oh, it's her. You ain't getting me. You ain't getting me. You ain't fooling me. I've almost been fooled once. I think I've told the story on here. If not. Hey, rainy day, I'll tell y'all about that another time. I've almost been fooled once. So I've seen the good shit. You say, uh, uh, Gecko, uh, uh, maybe you actually did know and you were just kind of like pretending like you didn't. I plead the one, two, three, four, fifth. But anyways, I'm saying you could tell and, and these other chicks that got beat by that, which is, you know, that's the story. That's the story. The story is... You know, all natural female, you know, couldn't come out here and, and, and get the job done. Uh, the transgender woman, hey, listen, for, for a transgender woman, she looked good. She didn't look like no Caitlyn. Like, you're like, oh, this is just, you know, a dude with makeup on. No, I mean, she, she, she looked good. You know, she looked good, but she ain't fooling me. She didn't, it wasn't fooling me good. You know what I'm talking about? But anyways, that just, no. There's a note I take. I take notes throughout the week when I do the show. Oh, yeah, let me talk about this shit. Let me talk about that shit. Let's get in the fight. I'm sure, you know, listen, I don't mean any harm by it or anything. I, uh, you know, maybe I should edit that shit out, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. Uh, let's get into UFC 260. Was it 264? Is that what we're going to be at next week? So it's not this Saturday. It's the following Saturday. We got Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor 3. Uh, y'all know for months before the second fight, for months, I was saying Dustin Poirier is going to win this fight. Dustin Poirier is going to beat Conor McGregor. Uh, you know, you got two guys that were going in opposite directions. In my humble opinion, I thought that Dustin Poirier, uh, was on the rise, had the better wins. Um, you know, arguably the better career. When it comes to when it comes to actual wins, it, it, yeah, yeah, Dustin Poirier and I, I anointed him after that fight, you know, and then right before the fight, I I chickened out and I picked Conor McGregor to win the fight, um, and then of course Dustin Poirier pulled it off, but I did bet on Poirier, 
So I put my money where my mouth wasn't. I put, I turned a fucking, I turned a fucking Jackson into a fucking Grant real quick. A 20 into a 50, just dropped a little 20 on Poirier real quick and he, and, and he fucking doubled me up. Double mint twins, motherfucker. Um, I, I can't imagine who's, I don't even know. Let's, let's check out who the odds are right now. Who the odds favor right now? Uh, I would say, man, I would, I would say this would have to be even. I, I went back and looked at the, at the first fight. Uh, let's see right here. They got, yeah, it's dead even. It's a pick em. Minus 110, both of them. Uh, that makes sense. Because, I mean, if you go back and look at the, at, the, at the second fight, Conor McGregor looked good. He looked good for the entirety of the first round. And you look at the exchanges, he was getting the better of the hands. And it wasn't until when I first saw the fight, my, my recollection of the, first, of the second fight was that Dustin Poirier came out and was like hammering his leg right out the gate. But it wasn't the fact. He didn't land his first uh, calf kick on Conor until there was like 50 seconds left in the first round. And then he ends up fish, uh, finishing him in like what, the, in like midway through the second round. So within a couple minutes of fight time, he destroys Conor McGregor's leg with like kick after kick. I mean, he must have landed, yeah, 230 in the, in the second round is when it ended. So within just three minutes, basically, he destroyed Conor McGregor's leg with calf kicks. He landed like four or five, like right after he landed that first one, before the round even ended. And then in the second round, he went right back to it. He was basically, it looked like he was giving Connor the hands, letting Connor get off on the hands, and, and he, was, he was fine with just landing those calf kicks after he figured out that first one. Because <clears throat> I don't think it was like a, maybe it was in his game plan somewhere because he didn't get to it right away. It took him a little while. It's like maybe he landed it and then realized, oh shit, that shit really hurt him. Now I'm going to stick to it. Either way, uh, Conor McGregor had no answer for it. He said he had never even been kicked in his calf, and even in practice or anything. So this guy, you know, that that's red flags for me because I'm like, you're in this game. You got to be keeping up with the game. The the biggest thing, the most trendy thing right now in MMA is the calf kick. When it comes to actual fighting, is is the calf kick. I mean, it's a story in almost every card. There's one or two fights that are decided by one guy getting his fucking calf destroyed, and can't fight. I mean, Connor literally took two or three of those and was completely compromised. He, was, he probably could say he was compromised after the first one, but he was getting his hands off. It looked all right. His stance was all fucked up in that first one, I mean, in that second fight. He came out hunched over, static, no bounce, no, none of that upright kind of like hybrid uh, karate style that he came out with against Jose Aldo and Chad Mendez. That's Connor McGregor at his best when he's got that bouncing, uh, almost karate style. He kind of has like an upright posture. He sits straight down. He can get the side kicks off. He can get the snap kicks up the middle. There were no kicks at all. He answered back with a couple round leg kicks. Conor McGregor can't throw round kicks. He can't throw round kicks. He's not a very good round kicker. He landed a couple shots on Poirier after, you know, tried to get a, get a couple back that he was eating. Uh, but you, you saw him using against uh, Diaz in the second fight. But even in that fight, uh, it shows you how all you have to do is land that shin. And it creates a lot of damage because he was hurting Nick with that fight, but those kicks were fucking ugly. And he fucked his foot up bad because he was landing his foot on the sh on the shin and the knee a lot in that Diaz fight. Um, he's not a good round kicker. He he's a good side kicker. He's a good up the middle kicker, um, spinning back kicks, wheel kicks, that kind of thing. But he's not a good round kicker. He's not a tie kicker. He's more of a karate type kicker. But he didn't even bring those out. And if you go back and watch that Mendez fight, that was the, that was the story of the fight. They said, oh, Chad took the fight on 10 days notice. It's true, but that dude was always training. 
And they were like, oh, he gassed. He didn't have a... No, homie was getting kicked in his body from the get-go. That bell rang. Connor came out, threw a spinning back kick, caught him right in the fucking gut, right in the solar plex, right off the bat. And then he threw another one, landed, and he was digging those toes in with the front teeth kick all night. All night, he was going to the body. He got out of that guillotine in the second round and came right at him and started throwing the teep to the fucking body, the snap kick to the body. That's what he needs to do. He needs to get back to throwing those kicks because those set up the hands way more. He came over. He came in that second in that second fight just wanting to box because that's that's what he's basically been training. He's basically just been training to box. He didn't know. If, remember, he thought he was gonna fight um, uh, Manny Pacquiao right before that. So, and good thing he didn't, <laughs> good thing he didn't, um, but his whole style was changed and it, it was just, it, 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 there was no movement, everything, that, that was what Con made Conor McGregor, remember he had that weird movement coach, you know, always do those weird things, and then D Diaz was saying, I, they playing touch butt in the park, that was because he was doing all these movement things, his, his, his uh, training was based on movement, and that's what made Conor McGregor hitting angles, slipping out, anticipating shots, he didn't have any of that, he didn't have any of that. And then, you know, early in that second round, <clears throat> or actually even in the first round, Poirier started landing some, you know, check hooks on the way in and started timing Connor. Um, so what happens in this fight? Man, um, I saw Connor shortly after, like a couple weeks ago, because I follow him on Instagram. He was doing some shadow boxing and was showing him uh, trying to check the kick. Now, I'll say this about the first fight. He was trying to check the kicks. He saw him coming. He had the timing there. He knew when they were coming, but he didn't have enough time to, to lift the leg up every time, so he would sit down on it, which is one way of, of defending. That's more of defending a, a above-the-knee leg kick, what he was doing. That does nothing for your lower leg. That does nothing for your calf. So when somebody's kicking, and they're kicking you in that thigh, kicking you in that thigh, and, you, and they're really quick at it, the one thing you can only do is like put all your weight on that front leg as it comes, and that makes your leg flex. So it's tight. At least it's tight when you get when you get hit, right? Instead of being loose and relaxed where it can take a lot of damage. Does absolutely nothing for the low calf kick. Does absolutely nothing. If a low calf kick touches you, it's going to hurt you. So the only way to defend that is to either A, turn it all the way out and catch it on the shin, which takes way too much time. The thing that makes a calf kick so deadly is that you don't have to commit to it that much. With a regular above-the-knee kick, you have to step, you have to turn your hips, and you have to, it's a close range strike because you come with your, your leg lands at like a, a 45 degree angle. So you really have to commit your hips. You really, it takes a lot longer. You leave yourself more open. With that low calf kick, you could just reach out and touch it. You don't have to commit your hips to it at all. And Dustin doesn't do that. He just flicks it from the knee and just makes contact because all you have to do is hit that outer side of, of the calf and it's over. It's over. So the only way is to either, you know, pull the leg back and make it miss. But I've told you on this podcast, even before this fight, I told you how to defend a calf kick. I had this taught to me. I forget at what gym. I used to travel to a bunch of gyms back in the day, and there was this one Thai guy that was doing the class that I happened to be taking that day. And he was talking about a shin buster or a kick buster or something like that. Something like that. It, it, it's basically what Chris Weidman did to Anderson Silva. He, he intentionally tried to check that kick with his knee. He was practicing doing that. He was practicing uh, the exact technique I'm going to tell you about. If you stand in your fight stance with that lead leg and you act like you're wiping your foot off, the bottom of your foot off, just like you're wiping it on carpet and like your heel, you're doing a heel kicker with that front leg, so you're putting your heel to your butt 
your heel to your butt like that, but your knee doesn't lift up at all. Your leg doesn't raise at all. So you're just, you're, you're staying in the same posture. You're just literally wiping your foot off and kicking you yourself in the butt with your heel. Do that. Stand up right now, motherfucker. Stand up. I know you're listening to this. Stand the fuck up. If you're in your car, okay, do this shit when you get home. You're standing up, that front leg. Now, leaving your knee in its place, put your calf, I mean, put your heel to your butt cheek. Boom, just like that. You see that? You see that? That vacates the whole lower cat, the whole lower leg from there. When they throw it above the knee and you do that, it lands on your knee. The shin lands on your knee. That'll, that'll, they'll stop throwing the fucking kick right then and there. They land one kick to your knee and they'll stop doing it. And if they don't, they're an idiot because that shit hurts. And for the lower calf kick, you're getting it completely out of the way. Takes a lot of timing, but it's pretty quick. It's quicker than actually checking outward. Lifting your leg up and turning your knee out so that you can catch it on the shin bone. Because if you feel your shin bone, the shin bone is, is on the inside. It's, it's not directly in, on your front. So if you just lift your leg up and try to check it, you're still going to get kicked in the calf. And that's what Conor McGregor was doing. And he's trying to you know, check outward, but that's a big, long, exaggerated movement. That's not going to work. Because the calf kick is too quick. If it was just regular above the knee kicking, yeah, you're, you're, you're gonna, he's going to be fine. But he's not. He's, 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 he's practicing a tech. He's like, Gecko, you are here telling Conor McGregor how to fucking fight? I am, homies. I'm telling you, I know what I'm fucking talking about. I know what I'm talking about with this shit. I've used it for o- over 10 years. I learned this shit a long time ago. When, when Weidman used that shit against Anderson Silva, everybody was saying it was like a, a fluke thing. I was like, no, it's not. That's exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying to catch it on his, uh, the shin on his knee, and that's what he did. And now you got his shit broke. <laughs> kicking kicking uh, uh, Uriah Hall in the knee. That's what happens. It breaks your shit. That's why I call it. It's a shin buster. That's what Conor, Conor McGregor needs to be doing. And the good thing about that is you don't really lose your, 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 your uh, balance at all with that. Put your hands up. You're in the stance again. Stand up again, motherfucker. Put, you're in your stance again. Now do that. Boom. I'm, you're standing right here. You're still in, I can still counter you. I can still punch at the same time. I can come back real quick. And now you can close the distance on him because his foot's the one that's in the air after trying to kick you. Um, I just, you know... Once, once uh, Poirier landed a couple of those kicks, it became clear like Connor couldn't even walk because he was jabbing, and when he was jabbing, he was falling over his front leg. His front leg couldn't even support him when he jabbed anymore, and he kind of fell over right after one exchange and kind of fell into the fence, and that was it. Dustin Poirier <laughs> let off with the hands, and that's it. That's a wrap. Dustin Poirier, um, he has big holes with his hands. He drops his hands. When he throws combinations, he drops his hands. When he's out on the outside, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, one punch striking you, one twos, it's nice. You know, he's, he's nice and technical. But when he starts throwing the combos, which is where that's his bread and butter, is where his hands drop. So he takes a lot of damage. You don't want to do that against Conor McGregor. He throws a lot of shovel hooks. So it's not quite a regular hook, and it's not quite a – it's in between an uppercut and a hook. So it's in between there, and he comes from, like, his hips. And he throws them, and they're, 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 you know, live and die by them because they're highly effective because they come from a different angle that you don't see. That's why uppercuts are so effective because it's hard to see them coming from the peripheral unless they lead with it. Then it's a telegraph motion. But if they go one, two, and then come with an uppercut or a one and come with an uppercut, they're very hard to see, especially if you're covered up. Um, so that's with the, with the, with the Poirier, sh- Poirier shovel hooks. They come up 
up from like an uh, down uh, an upward angle through the guard and around the handguard. And so he's extra nasty when he starts letting off with those with those fucking combinations. And you know you saw. And then at the point he started like fainting level changes. So he started faking on the leg kick, kind of like he was gonna step into the leg kick and then coming over the top with the fucking left hand. It was it was nasty. He lit Connor up as soon as he got him up against that cage after that fucking last leg kick, and it was it was over. And honestly, I don't know why that would be any different this time. I don't think Connor's gonna have a uh, have a, uh, an answer for the for the calf kick, and you know, Poirier. He, he, he tried to deal with it more than other fighters do. I'll give that to Connor because he was trying to catch it, which is only going to get him kicked in the head. So, you know, Portier is going to be looking to land head kicks now, I think, uh, knowing that he's going to be extra sensitive to those calf kicks. But he started trying to catch it, but he also started trying to punch through it. So that's another way. Is every time they throw a, calf ki- uh, throw a leg kick, you just you throw that right hand down the fucking pipe and try to deter them from throwing it that, t- that way. If they, Every time they throw a leg kick... They're getting punched in the fucking face. You see a lot of people do that. They throw a kick at the, and then they get knocked the fuck out right there. So Connor was trying to do that. He tried different methods to try to deal with it on the fly in real time, but it didn't work for him. Because you got to vacate the leg. If it touches you, it's, it's going to hurt you. Uh, give me Dustin Poirier, TKO, round two. I think it's going to go down round two, round three. It's going to be early. Connor doesn't, you know, he can't get into a firefight. With Dustin Poirier, could could poor uh, could Conor McGregor come out here and knock him out? Yeah, from what I saw in that first round with the hands, he was landing clean on 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 Poirier several times. Uh, his lead hand isn't you know he was using it a little better in this fight, but I I need to see more snap in that thing, uh, more more uh, you know hooks off of it. He's throwing like one two ones a lot, um, kind of pushing with that lead hand a lot. He wasn't really snapping his punches. I don't, he just looked way different. I expect him to come out in his karate stance. I think he's really going to change that stance. There's like, oh, you know, people saying, oh, it's like this conspiracy that he was in a different stance or an excuse. And you know, he was in a completely different stance. Uh, go back and look at it. Um, but give me Dustin Poirier. I'm riding. I'm riding this time. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not backing off this time. Fuck it. I'm going Dustin Poirier. After that, I don't know what's left for Conor McGregor. I think Diaz trilogy makes sense for him. Both coming off of a loss. That will always sell. Gets one of those dudes a win. Um, so that's that's how I'm rolling with that one. What else do we got on this one? Whew. Wonder Boy versus Gilbert Burns. Woo! Woo! This is a heater right here. Listen, uh, Gilbert Burns about to get that ass kicked. Sorry, Gil. I, I know he just fought for the title. Listen, he had uh, Usman on roller skates in that first round. He landed that big overhand right right out the gate. Looked like he was going to flatten Usman like we've seen before. We've seen Usman rocked in fights before. But he survives and he starts touching you. And when he starts touching you, it's the touch of death. It's over. It's a rizzy. It's a wrap. Uh, but Gil Burns, uh, you know, great jiu-jitsu, great ground game. If, if that's not in his, in his uh, if he really thinks he's going to go out, in kickbox with Wonder Boy Thompson, this should be a fucking five-round fight. This should be one of those uh, Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz five-rounders. Uh, but, you know, three rounds, he thinks he's even going to go 15 minutes standing with Wonder Boy. I don't think that's going to happen. He's got to get Wonder Boy on the ground. Uh, the only times we've seen uh, Wonder Boy taken down was in the uh, Woodley fights. And the only way he was taken down is he got knocked down, I believe, both times. Um, and he got his ass whooped from his back. He got he so he didn't have much of a guard, but he was also rocked in both of those situations. So I don't know what if, you know if he's going to be able to get back to his feet, 
Gilbert Burns got, uh, you know, crazy jujitsu. So that's that's his hope. Um, but it, it, he's, Wonderboy Thompson's going to stay on that outside. He's so goddamn fast. He's like 40 years old. Still whooping ass. Quick hands, one-twos, in, out, side-to-side, lateral movement. This dude's yellow jersey fucking bicycling around the outside. No stopping. I mean, Tour de France shit. This motherfucker's running like 10 miles a fight the way he's moving. I got Wonderboy Thompson winning that shit, and I think he's the only dude right now. Him and Kobe are, are, the, are the two fights, the two, two fighters that can beat Usman. Um, you know, Kobe was, you know, 2-2 going into that fifth round with a broken jaw, and he just got, he just couldn't take any more punches anymore. Um, but that was a highly competitive fight. I think a second, I think a second fight, just like with Masvidal and Usman, I think Usman probably finishes it maybe a little quicker uh, this time. But, you know, it's definitely there because uh, Kobe Covington's a, a fucking good fighter. He throws combinations. He's got cardio fucking days. He can push a pace. Uh, you know, that can wear down Usman. Um, he has a problem. Usman has a problem uh, defending volume, defending speed. That's why he got caught with uh, Burns. Um, Stephen uh, Wonderboy Thompson poses all those threats and distance management. Uh, Kobe was getting hit with punches. You know, he's not slick in the pocket. He's not slick with, the you know, staying on the outside and, and managing the pocket. That's Wonderboy Thompson. He's a fucking magician when it comes to distance um and, and being outside where you can't hit him but he can hit you and i think that will cause you know but usman's really long and he's not used to fighting a fighter with that kind of reach so I, that's an interesting fight i think stephen boy tom wonder boy thompson is the best if you're trying to pick a fight that you know contest usman right now that's the fucking fight that's the fight give me wonder boy thompson give me give me a decision uh burns is tough no give me tko round three TKO round three, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Arena Aldana versus Yana Kunitskaya. Uh, Arena Aldana, she last fought Holly Holm. That was a fight where she literally just went around in circles for the whole fucking time instead of deciding to take one step to her right and cut off the cage one fucking time against Holly Holm. Literally for 25 minutes just chased her around the cage and got punched in her fucking face. Probably the most low fight IQ fight I've ever seen in my fucking life. That was a crazy fight. Because I picked out Arena Aldana to win that fight like a dumbass. Versus Yana Kunitskaya, this is a tough fight. It's a tough fight to uh, to pick right here. Give me Kunitskaya de- decision. She just stays busy. Uh, Sean O'Malley versus who the fuck is this guy? So Sean O'Malley was originally supposed to fight um, uh, Luis uh, Smolka, and just like two days ago, Luis Smolka got an injury, so he had to pull out. So I left Sean O'Malley without a, a, a an opponent, but I guess they found somebody. Uh, Chris, spelled with a K, K-R-I-S. Now, y'all might not know my government. My government is Chris. Chris, Chris. C-H-R-I-S. Man, Chris. Real shit, Chris. K-R-I-S, that's fuckboy Chris. That That's a female Chris. Chris Cyborg. You know what I'm talking about? So... Red flags already for this motherfucker coming in to be fighting Sugar Sean O'Malley on short notice. Uh, Mutahino, so I'm guessing he's a... Uh, uh, maybe that's what they do in Brazil. Maybe I'll take that back. Maybe that's how they do it in Brazil. Maybe that's how they spell all Chris in, in Brazil. Uh, my bad, Mutahino. Uh, but you're getting your motherfucking ass kicked. Uh, Sean O'Malley, TKO, round one. Uh, Michelle Pihara. This dude's a fucking beast. 
uh, Cirque du Soleil fighter comes out literally, uh, you know, on the trapeze, swinging from the trapeze, doing fucking triple dismount, fucking somersault, fucking uh, all kinds of weird shit. It looks like Greg Luganis on the high dive and shit when he comes into the cage doing backflips. He did a backflip a guard pass into like a, a double leg stomp in his first fight, uh, UFC fight against uh, Connolly, Mike Connolly, something like that. Uh, go back and look at that shit, but this dude's wild, he jumps off the cage, Superman punches off the cage, Showtime kicks off the cage, uh, we'll do, you know, Capoeira shit, we'll do, uh, you know, Guile uh, uh, lightning kicks, what's that, flash kick, he, he, he'll do the fucking flash kick on you, homie, he'll, he'll Guile flash kick you, motherfucking homie, you think he, Betty won't, Betty won't, Betty won't flash kick you, Betty won't, he's fighting, uh, What the hell happened to it? Oh, Nico Price. That dude's a fucking... Talk about howling at the goddamn moon. Nico Price is a motherfucking moon howler. Off the leash, shitting on motherfucking lawns. A wild-ass motherfucker. Shitting in his fucking hand and throwing it. Ass motherfucker. That's Nico Price. This dude's fucking wild. Um, yeah, so this dude, Chris Muntinho, uh, Muntinho is... Uh, he's 9-4... and four. Making his debut, coming from CFFC, Cage Fury, I think that is. Uh, so, yeah, he's about to get that ass whooping. Give me Mich Michelle Pijera, though, on, on, on the Nico Price. Uh, interesting fight. Uh, Michelle Pijera is a fucking massive 175 pounds, uh, 170, uh, welterweight. God damn, he's a, he's a massive welterweight. Uh, this dude could easily be fighting at 185. He could easily probably be fighting at 205. He's one of those uh, uh, Rumble Johnson dudes who's cutting down to 100 and, you know, uh, Rumble Johnson was, you know, competing at heavyweight now, and he was fighting at 170. He used to look terrible at 170, always missing weight. Even And when he did make it, he looked like dog shit. That's this dude, Michelle Fijera. So we'll see how long he can stay at 170. But I got him. Give me, give me TKO round two. Carlos Condit versus Max Griffin. This is an ass whooping waiting to happen. Max Griffin, TKO round two. Jennifer Maya versus Jessica I. Uh, Jennifer Maya, the uh, decision. Ryan Hall versus Ilya Tuporia. Watch this shit. Uh, Ryan Hall is the, the fucking. Nobody wants to fight this guy because he's a heel, heel hook champion. I mean, this dude comes in. Imanari rolling all over the bitch, all over this bitch. Imanari roll, Imanari roll. That's how he gets to fight to the ground. He snatches up. He he beat BJ Penn that way. I know that ain't saying much. This was this was before BJ Penn started. You know the 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 self checkout uh, fighting circuit that he's been fighting in right now. Uh, Ryan Hall beat him. Uh, Ilya Taporia has got excellent fucking wrestling. Excellent wrestling. So this is cra crazy. I you know Ilya Taporia. Oh, man. Ryan Hall's got underrated striking. He's a weird dude because he doesn't throw many punches. He throws a lot of kicks, a lot of spinning kicks, a lot of spinning attacks, and he's very, very uh, spinning, spinning heel cook and uh, heel kick in his last fight against. Um, he hasn't fought in a while because nobody, literally nobody, will fight him. And then he got hurt right uh, a couple months ago when he was actually going to get. He was going to fight Dan Ige. Um, who did he fight? Darren Elkin. Darren Elkin. Uh, he hit Elkin with like two or three spinning heel kicks in that in that fucking fight and almost had him out of there. But he throws a lot of spinning attacks, a lot of side kicks and stuff like that. He's really effective. Like he's like an Umar Nurmagomedov in that kind of way. If you if you've seen Umar fight, uh, damn, I don't. This is a fucking. I'm gonna go Ilya Tapuria, more well-rounded fighter, more traditional hands. He's got heavy hands. 
But, you know, I don't know that he's going to want his biggest, you know, weapon is his ground game. I don't think you want to be on the ground. He's not, Ryan Hall isn't just all leg, uh, heel hooks. People think all he's got is heel hooks. He, his his guard is, is fucking nasty. He'll string together. He's got like a Paul Craig type guard. No bullshit. He'll go, you know, triangles to uh, Oma Pilatus, Google, Gogo Pilatus to... Uh, triangle chokes to i mean he'll, he'll before you know it i mean you're just pulling out of one and you just get into another one I, I, i'm no confidence at all give me Ilya to poor ever uh decision uh tied to ivasa versus greg hardy tied to ivasa should whoop that ass uh tko round two tied to ivasa um Drickus Duplices versus Trevin Giles. Give me Trevin Giles TKO round two. Amari Akhmedov versus Brad Tavares. Oh man, this is this is a brutal one. Brad Tavares decision. Zalgas Zumagalov Zumagulov versus uh, Jerome uh, Rivera. Uh, give me Zuma Gulaf for uh, via decision. This one, uh, two uh, winless fighters in the UFC. Zuma Gulaf, uh, very good wrestling, underrated boxing. He throws, throws caution to win. Fights like a Nurmagomedov type of dude. Alan Edmondovsky versus Yazong Hu. Uh, I've seen like one fight of each of these guys. Uh, give me Yazong Hu uh, decision. Uh, Zuma Gulaf, Zalgas Zuma Gulaf. Give me him on a decision. I don't know if I said that. So there you go. Homies, I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. I just gave you the whole motherfucking card. Been gum bumping up the wazoo. 137 episode of the Whiskey Sick Podcast. All up in your motherfucking ass. Had to get this one in real quick, you know. Uh, so next couple weeks going to be rough. I'm going to get up on here. I'm going to try to do the, uh, you know, the birthday uh, podcast up in here. Just like I did with the uh, quadruple champ uh, two and a half years ago. I came home from the hospital and banged out a fucking midnight podcast. Uh, maybe we have to do that again. Uh, but until then, fuck, I got anything else? I got nothing else for you, homies. I, I put my heart into this shit like Chris Paul. Every second I talk, every syllable, I put, I put everything I got into it. All right, fuck it. I'm going to get up out of here. Uh, the homie Bautista, he's been he's been hollering at me. Maybe on the next one, I'll holler at him. We'll get into some more a little bit. It's been a while since I got into. I'm giving y'all the 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 a little bit of uh, uh, rest on the bro politics, and I'll get a little greasy up in here when we start wilding the fuck out. Uh, but it's some important shit. It's important shit. I got I got to start schooling some of my homies on this shit. Um, but so we'll, we'll we'll bring that in maybe a little next time but uh until then this is the whiskey sick podcast 137th episode of the whiskey sick podcast all up in your fucking ass we still going strong homies tell your homies to tell their homies if we don't got it you don't want it seth gecko aka moody motherfucker hank and i'm out motherfuckers <laughs>
now he's lying in a coma, slow he dying, getting sober, keep on grinding little soldier. Bet I won't, bet I won't, bet I won't try you, bet I won't, bet I won't ride through, bet I won't, bet I won't fight you, bet I won't. Put it on your word, on your mammy, on your pappy, put it on your firstborn, homie, bet I won't. Put your chips up, homie, bet I won't. Keep your chin tucked, homie, bet I won't. Little Nate Pratt turned a little chase stacks, now he's middle aged dad with a little face tap. Little handicap, star graffiti, little PDI, I never clean the five looking ass, motherfucker. Fuck that, you taking everything I work for, motherfucker. Motherfuckers want that real shit, ill shit, kill shit. I caught the vibe, ill ticket, got the nod, still sick, I'm not surprised. Little Zantac, fucking Mad Max, looking little glass half empty, little sad sack. Put him on the curb, little glad bag. Hashtag started from the gutter, little flashback. Allegedly, little heat, legends on the legend needs ketamine, rubber tussin' methamphetamines. Many petties, it's a better weed instead of lean. Frenemies waiting on your desk with some clever memes. Bet I won't, bet I won't, bet I won't try you, bet I won't, bet I won't ride through, bet I won't, bet I won't fight you, bet I won't. Put it on your word, on your mammy, on your pappy, put it on your firstborn, homie, bet I won't. Put your chips up, homie, bet I won't. Keep your chin tucked, homie, bet I won't. Little shopping day fake stun. Got that oil lay running. Tell them little OJ's coming. Homie, bet I won't. Keep your chin tucked, homie, bet I won't.